Lord Jesus, have your way in our hearts, in our minds, oh God. We can't do anything without you. We need your direction, your guidance, oh Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, if you have a Bible tonight, let's open up to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 and beginning at verse, beginning at verse number 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers, bearers of burdens is decay, and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times from all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles, unto the rulers, unto the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, tonight, by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to preach on be not afraid. Be not afraid. Uh, you can be seated tonight. Uh, to give a, a little background on this text here tonight, <clears throat> the other night we talked about um, in the book of Nehemiah, I think it's chapter 3 where Nehemiah begins to talk to <clears throat> the nobles and the elders and begins to explain to them what God put in his heart to how God put in his heart to come and to rebuild the walls and uh, to begin to restore things and build things back up the way that it should be. And um, how that the, they begin to say that we will arise and we will build. And so chapter 4 speaks on how that they begin to start to do that. They begin to start to try to get involved and be about the work of God. Um, and there were those that rose up and that they did not uh, like the fact 
that people were trying to um, rebuild things there and that they were trying to restore and cause things to be safe and cause in order for the blessings of God to, to come to pass in people's lives. And um, two of the main people you'll read about in the, in the scripture, in this text here, in the book of Nehemiah, that did their very best to try to hinder, um, to try to distract, uh, to try to frustrate um, the walls from being rebuilt and from things to being restored. You'll read about two men by the name of uh, Sambalad and Tobiah and how that they tried their best to, to stop the work of God from going forth. As they begin to mock, they begin to make fun, um, they begin to, um, you know, look and begin to um, look at them as there's no way that they can accomplish this. As they begin to call them feeble Jews and they begin to just run down things, what they were trying to do and how that they were trying to rebuild and restore. It never ceases to amaze me how that people allow spirits to get a hold of them and try to stop and try to hinder what God is trying to do in people's lives, what God is trying to build, and how God is trying to restore things and, and move things forward in the right direction. But somewhere or another, in that God trying to move things in the right direction, you will always have people that will allow a spirit, an ungodly, an unclean spirit, to get a hold of them and to frustrate things, to cause things um, to be very difficult for God's work to continue to move forward in the right direction. You'll read in the scripture how that the Bible talked about there were those that would try to frustrate the purpose, the work, the purpose. How many know that God has a purpose? God has a plan for people's lives. But how many know that the devil has a plan as well? How many know that the devil's job is to frustrate things, to cause things to be difficult, to cause things to um, get out of sync and out of harmony and try to cause different problems that is going to cause you to stop, that's going to cause the work to stop and cause your attention to be focused on something that is not even worth paying attention to. And so, I have to understand what God is trying to do, but at the same time, I got to know what the devil is trying to do as well. I got to understand that the devil, he is trying to stop. He is trying to tear things apart. He is trying to stop God's blessings from coming to pass in my life. Not only is he trying to stop it from coming to pass in my life, but he's stopping it, trying to stop it from coming to pass in my family's life. He's trying to hinder. He's trying to cause things not to take place and not to happen. And so, Sambalad and Tobiah there, they were trying their very best uh, to, to stop the work of God. And here you'll read in the beginning of chapter 4, 
um, you'll read how the Bible says that um, in verse 1 it said, But it came to pass that when Samballot heard that we built the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Okay? There's a lot of people that they love to mock. They love to, to talk about. They love to, to mock different things. There are people that will even mock the, uh, the preached word of God. There are people that will mock um, the work of God as people are trying to, to build and they're trying to um, get involved and have faith and believe in the word of God and believe in God's plan for their lives. You know, it's a good thing when you have faith. It's a good thing when you make it up in your mind that you're not going to let anything destroy your faith or rob you of your faith. There will be situations that arise in life and that it will try to cause you to throw away your faith, to cast it away and to believe that it's not worth holding on to the things of God. It's not worth coming to church. It's not worth praying. It's not worth believing in the work of God. You know what? I believe that once before, I got better things to do. There are things that will try to cause you to throw away your faith. But I made up in my mind that I'm going to hold on to my faith tonight. I made up in my mind that I'm going to believe in the plan of God. I'm going to believe in God's word. And not only am I going to believe in it, I made up in my mind that I'm not going to stand idly in the marketplace, but I made up in my mind that I'm going to get involved with what God is trying to do in my life and what God is trying to establish. And so they begin to build. And you had people that were, that they was determined and it was a spirit that was behind it. It was a spirit that was behind it. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again because I believe it with all of my whole heart. Everybody that comes to church is not a believer. Everybody that comes to church don't have faith. Everybody that sits on a church pew doesn't have the right motives and attentions. And you'll see it come out in some of in some of the most simplest settings, you'll see the real motive. You'll see a person for what they really are. And it'll reveal to you that it'll show you that everybody don't have faith in the things of God. They don't have faith in the work of God. They don't have faith. Somewhere along the line, maybe they had faith before, but somewhere along the line, they've lost it. And now... The devil, listen, I'm going to tell you, the devil looks for people that don't have faith. He looks to use people that are struggling with believing so that he can use them as a tool. He can use them as an instrument to cause problems and to keep things stirred up and to, to, be, to cause them to sow doubt and, and discord amongst people so that it ensures that the work um, it ceased. It ensures that the work doesn't move forward. I'm telling you, everybody that comes to church aren't believers. They don't have faith. But I've made up in my mind that I want to be a believer tonight. I made up in my mind that I want to fall into the right category tonight. 
I made up in my mind that I want to be a child of God despite what people are saying, despite what they're doing, despite what the devil is trying to do. I made up in my mind that I'm not going to let anything cause me to stop blessing the name of the Lord. I'm not going to let anything to cause me to sit with my hands down to the side and not get them up in the air and magnify God and give God all the praise and the glory and the honor that he deserves. I want you to know God is worthy of all the praise and the honor tonight. Despite what I'm feeling, despite how what I'm going through, God is worthy of all the glory and all of the honor. He's worthy. And so I want to make it up in my mind that I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give him what he deserves. And so as they are dealing with these things, as they are going through and as their adversaries are coming up against them. The Bible says in verse 8 how that they conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. There will be those that will align themselves. There will be an evil alliance. I said it the other night and I'm going to say it again because it's amazing the people that gather together to try to tear things down or to try to destroy things. They gather together, and what it is is it's disgruntled people, it's bitter people, it's people that have lost faith, and they come together, they mock, they talk, they tear down, they run things down. I said it the other night, and I, I, it always amazed me because the Bible says that when it came time, to crucify Jesus. The Bible talked about two individuals and how that before that time, they did not get along. The individual was Pilate and Herod. But the Bible says that when it came down to Jesus Christ, came down to crucifying him, when it came down to tearing apart something that was good, when it came down to destroying something that was righteous, something that was upright, something that was upstanding, that they came together for that cause and for that purpose. Before then, they didn't have any dealings with them, but when it came down to tearing apart things that were good, then they came together. You know what? I made up in my mind that I want to align myself with the right people. I don't want to align myself with evildoers. I don't want to align myself with mockers and naysayers. I want to come together with people that have faith, with people that believe, with people that are saying that God is well able, that with God, that with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want to make sure that I'm running with the right crowd tonight. I want to make sure that I'm running with believers tonight. I want to make sure that the people that I'm dealing with are people that are full of the Holy Ghost, that are full of faith, that are walking by faith and not by sight, that they believe in the things of God, that they haven't lost faith in it. And so they conspired together that they was going to do their very best to try to stop the work of God, to try to stop things from going forth. You ask people, 
if they're against the things of God and they'll proclaim, no, I believe in God. I be- no, I, I believe in the work of God. But their action shows time and time again. We've said it before. Talk is cheap. Talk is very cheap. It's my actions that's going to show time and time again what I'm about. My actions will show where my, what I really believe in. It's going to show it over and over again. There's no way of getting around it. My actions will show it every time. And so I want to have, I want to understand that tonight. I want to understand that I can proclaim bold things with these lips. I can proclaim it. I can shout it from the rooftop. But my actions are going to show what I really am and what I'm really about. I, won't, I don't just want to be words tonight. I really want to have it in my heart. I really want to have a hold of it. I don't want to allow anything to cause me to let go of it. I don't want to allow anything to cause me to, to be shaken, whether I'm th- where I'm debating whether this is the truth or not. I know this is the truth. I know that I have the right thing tonight. I know that how I'm living my life is according to the word of God. I don't have any doubt about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned about it. I know without a doubt this is the way that I'm supposed to be living my life. And that there's no other better way. There's none. So I have faith in that tonight. And so he goes on. In verse 9 he said, nevertheless. So in other words, despite what they're doing, despite what they're trying to do, despite what they're saying, despite how evildoers are coming together and trying to tear apart things that are good, he said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. In other words, it's a good thing when you make it up in your mind that I'm not going to stop or allow anything to stop me from calling on God. I'm not going to allow anything to stop me from getting my hands in the air. I'm not going to allow anything to stop me from going into prayer and getting down on my knees and seeking after the counsel of God and letting God know that I know, I believe, I have faith that you're going to come through on my behalf. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. Don't ever let anything stop you from praying. Don't ever let any words stop you from calling on the name of the Lord. Don't let anything, don't let anyone stop you from lifting up your hands and magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Don't let anything, don't allow the, what the reprobate and the back, backbiters are doing and saying and trying to do, stop you from praying and calling upon God. Because I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, God has the final say-so. It doesn't matter what people are saying. It matters what God is saying. And all I'm concerned about is what he's saying. Let everybody else say what they want to say. I'm concerned about what God is saying and what, what God is doing and, and what God thinks about it not concerned about anything else he said so we set a watch against them day and night because of them it's a good thing I'm gonna tell you it's a good thing to be on guard against some things it's a good thing to be watchful and to be mindful against certain spirits and certain certain 
um, attitudes and certain things that the devil will try to come up against you with. Too much, too many of us at times are not watchful. We're not careful in how, and people say, well, that's, that's a little, you ain't got to do all of that. I'm going to tell you, when it comes down to me and my home, I need to be on guard against some things. I need to be mindful of some things. I need to be prayerful about some things. I need to continue to take some things to God in prayer before I give the go-ahead on some things. I need to continually do those things. I can never come to a point where I think that I don't have to be as careful or I don't have to be as cautious that it's not really that big of a deal. Let me tell you, we said it this morning, it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Where I end up for eternity is a big deal. Where my family ends up for eternity is a big deal. It's a big deal. So it's a good thing. Will you make it up in your mind that you're going to be on guard against some things? Because I'm going to tell you, there are some things that will love to creep in to your home. There are some spirits that will love to just creep on in and begin to have an effect on you and have an effect on your family. So i got to be watchful. i got to be on guard against those things. i got to make it up in my mind that I'm not letting anything get in that is going to affect affect my walk with God, that is going to affect my prayer life, that is going to affect my time, my relationship with God. I got to be on guard. I got to be watchful. I got to be careful about some things. Because this, I'm going to tell you, it's when you think that everything is okay and everything is good, and you prop up your feet and you think, that it's time to relax, that I don't have to be as on guard as I, I, I used to be. Let me tell you something. In good times, you still have to be on guard. When you're on the mountaintop and you're victorious, you still have to be on guard. You still have to be careful about some things. That's why David fell. David, it was a time of victory. And you know what? The Bible says that it was a time that kings went out to battle. For some reason, David felt like he didn't have to go out to battle. Maybe David felt that things was going pretty good. I got this all under control. I ain't got to fight as hard as I used to. That equal was out to, I ain't got to pray as hard as I used to. I ain't got to read as much as I used to. I ain't got to come and be involved in the things of God as much as I used to. And you'll find out that it's in those times where I think that I can slack off a little bit. It's in those times where I'm going to suffer loss. I'm going to fall. I'm I'm going to begin to lose out because the devil wants us to think that everything is cool. The devil wants us to think, oh, you ain't got to pray that hard no more. You ain't got to be all involved in that like that anymore. It's okay. Understand when that thought comes into your mind, understand who it is that's speaking to your heart. And understand that the devil is trying his best to take you out. So I got to be on guard against some things. I got to be mindful of some things. Oh, 
You ain't got to go to God about that. You better believe you do. You better believe you got to pray about that. You better believe you got to ask God about that. You got to get some kind of godly counsel about that. Or if not, there will be some kind of repercussion. It may not happen right away, but ensure, be, insure, be assured that it will come to pass because there is consequences for everything that we do. There is. And so I got to I gotta be mindful of that. So I got to be on guard. I got to be on the lookout. I got to be on the watch. Jesus told us to watch and pray, didn't he? He told us to watch and pray. I got to be alert at all times. I got to be sober-minded at all times. I can't allow this world and the things of this world in, in this age. I can't allow it to cause me to not be sober. I can't allow it to cause me to begin to be intoxicated on the things of this life where I'm not thinking sober-mindedly, where I'm not thinking the way that I'm supposed to be thinking, being a child of God. Do you know, as a child of God and what the Bible calls us the children of light, do you know that there are certain ways that we're supposed to think? Do you know that there's a way that we're supposed to look at things? We're not supposed to have the same carnal thought pattern this world has. We're not supposed to have the same outlook and, and view, view of things the way that this world has. It's supposed to be a whole lot different. It's supposed to be spiritual. And so I want to I be watchful tonight. I want to be on the lookout tonight because the devil is lurking. He is lurking, and he is doing his best to try to get in. He's doing his best to try to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I got to be watchful tonight. I can't think that I've been in the church a certain amount of years, and I'm going to just coast my way into heaven. The devil is lurking. He is on the, the prowl, and he's trying to tear apart good things. Verse 10, he says, he says, And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decay, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. If you're not careful, you'll start to be discouraged you'll start to think that it's not possible for us to do this. It's not possible for us to be, it's not possible that God can, can use me to do his work. It's not possible that this can happen. If you listen to a, enough negativity, you'll begin to think that it's not able, you're not able to do it. That's why it's good that you get rid of negativity out of your life. That's why it's good that you get rid of naysayers. There are some people that they're just not positive. They never have anything positive to say. I've known of people that could be in church, Holy Ghost service, walk out of a whole, I'm talking about Holy Ghost service, where the power of God is very, it is very evident that the power of God is there. The glory of God is in that place. I've known of people to walk out of those kind of services and be completely negative. 
things that are coming out of their mouth, things that are coming across through whatever, text messages, emails, whatever you want to call it, whatever. We're, we're high tech now, so postings and, and everything else, social media, whatever you want to call it, whatever. And I ask myself, how does a person walk out of that kind of service and still have that kind of attitude, that kind of a spirit? And you find out that there are some people that they just are negative. They have no good, nothing good to say about nothing. Nothing. God can come down himself and they'll still walk away find something negative to point a finger at it. Amazing. It amazes me. And so you want to get around people that are positive. You want to be around people that are not going to tear down, but people that are going to build up. You're going to be around, you want to get around people that can that are going to say that I know it's a work, it's a, it, I know it is a tough task that is ahead, but I believe that God can do it. I believe that God can perform it. I believe that God sees our effort, and I believe that God is going to bless it. You want to be around people that are say, that can say that God, you don't want to be around the people that say God can't do it. You want to be around the ones that say he can do it, and that he will do it, and that he is going to accomplish it. He's going to accomplish it. You can be seated tonight. The Bible says that Jesus, because there are those that will, they'll laugh at things. They'll think, they think that the things of God is something to joke about, or something to laugh at, or something to, you know, whatever. And when you begin to speak faith, there are those that, because they don't believe, they'll laugh at it, or they'll mock it. Ain't no way. Impossible. The Bible says that Jesus entered into a certain home and that he came into the home and this young lady had done, she had done passed. She had done died. And the Bible tells us that when he enters into the home, he is greeted with people that are there that are wailing, they are mourning. They are just weeping. They're going to town. And Jesus steps in, and he is trying to speak some faith into the situation. He asks them, what, what are you, why are you crying? Why are you mourning? The young lady, she's not dead. She's asleep. She's asleep. And the Bible says that they begin to laugh him to scorn. It's amazing the people that will laugh when you're trying to speak faith, when you are trying to speak good things, things that is going to build people up, things that is going to encourage. It's amazing the people that will laugh at it and that they'll poke at it and they'll try to tear it down and they'll try to belittle it in some kind of way. And Jesus this is what we need to do. Jesus showed us exactly what to do when it comes down to having faith, and when it comes down to getting rid of those that don't have faith. He put them out. 
He put them out of the house. He got rid of the doubters and the naysayers. And he brought in people that saw him do this time and time again. They saw him perform the work. They, and they knew. They didn't come in. Those guys, they didn't come in doubting. They came in, I believe, with the mindset that this young girl, she's about to get up any minute. You want to get put yourself around, you want to get around people that have faith and that people that look at the situation and say, it might be bad, but you guess what? Jesus can bring you out of it. That sickness might be bad, but guess what? I know a God that can heal you. I know you may be tormented in your mind, but I know a God that can deliver you from that unclean spirit. I know a God that can fill you with the Holy Ghost. He can transform your life for the good. He can turn it around. He can turn it around for the good. You want to get yourself around people that know it, and that have seen God do it time and time again. And they have no doubt in their mind God is going to do it again. He's going to continue to perform. He's going to continue to perform. So you want to get around people that, can believe, that believe that he can. You don't want to be afraid of what the devil is saying. You don't want to worry and be fearful of what the devil is trying to do. You want to, be, you want to be of good courage and know that God is on my side. God is fighting for me. God is, he can't, listen, God is on my side. Somebody needs to know that tonight. You're not alone tonight. You're not in this fight alone by yourself tonight. But there is a God that is right there by your side. And he's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. I don't have a reason to be afraid. God has brought me too far to be afraid now. God has done too many great things in my life for me to be afraid and for me to worry. He's done too many great things. The writer goes on and he says, as he's telling the people, he begins to tell them, they begin to talk about our adversary said, they shall not know, neither, neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times from all places, whence ye shall return unto us, they will be Upon you, therefore, set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, and with their spears, and with their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto them, unto the nobles and to the rulers and the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them, remember the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you remember God, you ain't got no reason to be afraid. When you remember how great God is and what God has done in your life, you have no reason to worry. You have no reason to be afraid. The problem with Israel is that they didn't remember God. They didn't remember the God that brought them out of Egypt. They didn't remember the God that caused all the plagues. They didn't remember the God. And when they came to the Red Sea, they began to mock. 
They begin to complain. They was ready to stone Moses. You know what? I don't want to get ready to throw in the towel and backslide every time a situation or a problem arises. I want to remember the God that pulled me out. I want to remember that his... I want to remember that God is still there by my side. All I got to do is lift up my voice and call upon his name. And he's going to cause the seed apart. And I'm going to walk through on dry ground. God will bring me through it. I want to remember the name of the Lord. And that it's a strong tower. And that the righteous run into it. Somebody needs to learn to run unto Jesus Christ tonight. Somebody needs to learn to depend and lean upon him because he will sustain you. He will keep you. And so he told them, remember the Lord. He said, and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be ye not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Remember him, which is great. We serve a great God tonight. I said we serve a great God tonight. Does somebody believe that tonight? Uh, uh, come on now. Come on now. I know his name tonight. His name is Jesus, and there ain't no name greater than that name tonight. We serve a great God tonight. He said it's great and terrible. And he said, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. I can't afford to be afraid of moving forward and, and continuing on. I can't be afraid of that. I got too much at stake tonight. There are some things that I got to fight for tonight. There's some things that I got to contend for tonight. There's some things that it's not optional tonight. I got to engage in war tonight if I'm going to hold on to them things. I got to fight for this tonight. I got to fight for my family tonight. We all got to fight for our family tonight. Not just your immediate family, but lost family members. You got to fight for them tonight. You got to make it up in your mind that I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Listen, when I say fight, I'm not talking with these here. There's, it amazes me the people that are so carnal. And they get into a physical fight. They get into a physical altercation or with words. It's not the fight that we're involved in. Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. There's a fight of faith that we got to get involved in, that we got to engage in tonight. Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the, to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm going to tell you, my fight, our fight, takes place here tonight. It's in prayer tonight, in prayer. It's in our daily walk with God as we are fighting 
not only for our salvation, but for everybody that's around us. Listen, your coworkers depend on you. Whether they make it or not, it's dependent on you and what you do with what God has given you. Your, my family, my lost family members, it is up to me to fight for them. It is up to me to continue to move forward and not be afraid and not be fearful of what is going on around me that I'm so, I get so caught up and so emotional with what I'm feeling and what is overcoming me that I can't remember that I'm supposed to be fighting. I'm not supposed to be stuck in fear. I'm supposed to be of good courage. Sometimes you have to courage yourself. Sometimes people aren't there to encourage you. Sometimes the people that you think should be encouraging you are ready to stone you. They turn on you. Ask David about that. Ask David how that when he came back and came to, to the city and how that they get back and him and all of his men, they get back and they see that the enemy has come in and has taken their wives and their families. And everybody is in an uproar. They are, they are, just, they are just distraught at what has taken place. And the, the men, his own men, the Bible says that they was ready. They had turned on him. They was ready to kill David as they felt that it was his fault. You talk about, now here's the thing. They're not, they, their wives aren't the only one that has been taken. Their children has, are not the only one that has been taken. So is David's. And you talk about not having a friend. You talk about not having somebody to lean on and depend on. So many times people say, well, I ain't got nobody to talk to. Well, guess what? Join the club. David didn't have nobody in his life. They had threatened his life. And the Bible says that David didn't throw himself a pity party. David didn't become afraid. David wasn't fearful. He wasn't he was, I'm sure, that there were some emotions that overcame him as he, he, he's dealing with the fact that my wife has been, my wives have been taken too. My family has been taken too. Now, my men, they've turned on me. It's good to know that even, when, even if everybody in this world turns their back on you, they let you down, there's one that you can always depend on. There's one that you can always rely on. There's one that you can always run to. There's one that you can always call on. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And that he began to cry out to God and inquire of the Lord whether they should go up. If he went up to go fight the enemy, would they win the battle? It's good to encourage yourself. It's good to talk to yourself. Now, I ain't talking about, it's okay to, I've always heard, it's okay to talk to yourself, just don't answer yourself. If you believe, okay, if that works for you, then that's fine. 
But guess what? Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. And you got you to gotta encourage yourself in the Lord. You got to say, self, you will make it. Self, you can overcome. Self, you can hold on to the things of God. Self, it is not over. Come on, you got to ask yourself. You got to ask your spirit. The Bible says that David asked himself in his spirit. So he said, so why is thou disquieted? You got to talk to yourself and let yourself know that I can make it and I will make it and that God is on my side. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in doubt. I have the Holy Ghost. God has filled me with the spirit. I can overcome. I can't overcome. Let us remain standing tonight. I can't overcome. Despite all of the wicked doers and the things that they're doing undercover and they think people don't know about it, despite all of that, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to remember God. I know that God is greater than any backbiter. He's greater than any reprobate. He's greater than any twice dead and plucked up by the roots. He is greater. And it doesn't matter what everybody says. It doesn't matter what they think. God has the final say. I don't have a reason to be afraid. I'm not worried about the devil tonight. Some people, they live in fear of what the devil is doing and what he's trying to do, and, and the devil has them so tied up. But let me tell you something. I sh we have no business living in fear. We have, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I got a sound mind tonight. I'm not living in fear tonight. It's not because of my own strength. It's because of the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody says, well, this is so much sin and, and the devil is just at work. How can I live for God? I want you to know you can live for God. I want you to know you can overcome. You shouldn't be afraid whether you're going to be here the next service. You shouldn't be afraid whether you're going to make it another day or whether you're going to fall and backslide. You shouldn't live that kind of a life. Those things shouldn't trouble you. You should speak to yourself and say, by the grace of God, I will be here. By the grace of God, I can make it. It doesn't matter what this world is like. It doesn't matter how simple this world is. The Bible says, where sin did abound, grace did that much more. About, honey, there's enough grace to keep you, to sustain you, to hold you up, to keep you from falling. I ain't got to live in fear. I don't have to live in fear. By the grace of God, by my God, I'll be here. I'm going to be here next year. Amen. I'm going to be here the year after that. I'm going to be here the year after that. Amen. I'm going to be here. I'm not leaving. I'm not backsliding. I'm not throwing in a towel. I'm not falling into hypocrisy. I'm living for God. I'm living. I'm giving God everything that I have. I'm, I don't have a reason to be afraid tonight. I don't have a reason to worry tonight. God is on my side.
God is on our side. Amen. 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 Somebody needs to say it like you believe it. God is on our side tonight. He is on my side. Come on, I don't have to live in depression. I don't have no business being oppressed. I don't have no business living in doubt. God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? God is on my side.